It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. From tabletop game design, the fun forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, January twenty second, and you're listening to episode six hundred and eight. As always, I am your host, Jason. Here today, joined by a brand new guest we've never had before, an awesome game designer, and that is Tori Brown, uh, designer of Votes for Women. Uh, and hello, Tori. How are you doing? Hello, Jason. I'm great. How are you today? Good, good. It's, uh, yeah, it's good to have you on. Uh, kind of pulled this together on short notice, uh, and I was excited to, to be able to get you here uh, so we could work this out and hang out for a bit. Me too. So, um, yeah. So what, what have you been up to other than, other than, you know, running a successful Kickstarter, we can get to that in a little bit, but what else, what what else has been going on with you? In my non game designing time, um, I, uh, I live in Washington DC and we've had our first snowfall in two years. So everyone is losing their mind, which is wonderful. Things have closed the, you know, the people on the news are begging people to stay off the streets. It's been fantastic i've been all home and snuggly in my fuzzy slipper socks and lots of layers just uh watching it from my window which is really nice <laughs> that's i i had no idea it hadn't snowed there in two years i just i guess i just assumed because it's east coast and north enough that it would still be getting snow but i guess not well we've not had we get we're supposed to get snow and there were a few years in like the the early 2010s where we got some like 10 inches it was like everything yeah, shut down yeah, for yeah. weeks right like there that. was yeah. scavenging and um you know i think i saw some like um yetis wandering by uh, <laughs> uh but as um as uh weather gets crazier and patterns mm-hmm. get disrupted dc has been a part of um both like droughts and snow droughts as well right right yeah, our winters, you know, I live in, as everybody knows, I live in Michigan, um, and we were talking about this a little bit about this before we started recording. Uh, you know, our weather here has been nuts these last, like, two weeks. Um, the kids have had uh, four snow days in in a, in a week and a half. That's got to be serious. Um, like, that's like Michigan snow days, not... Right. Yes, yeah. It's not like, you know, it's East not Southern Indiana snow days or something like that. It's, um, you know, uh, basically what you know what happened was we got big snow um overnight uh last week thursday into friday they canceled school on friday they had a half day so we're like they're going to cancel and then everybody canceled and then we're like all right let's send it back on monday and then um it got so cold that you couldn't go outside um <gasps> so the wind chills were around minus 20 to minus 30 in some instances. Uh, they averaged around, I think, minus 19. So uh, so for three days, they just, yeah. And they, the back roads were obviously very icy because at that temperature, salt doesn't even work. They put sand down, which doesn't do much. Uh, it's better than nothing for sure. But um, uh, the district we live in is mostly back roads to get the kids to school. And so uh, everybody's been canceling. But really, it's primarily just the kids can't stand outside at the bus stops is the problem. Oh. Um, little so, noses and fingers. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, yeah, they went back to school for the first time yesterday as of this recording. And then today they're back and they were very upset about it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, y'all got a winter break, like for the holidays. And then you went back for less than a week and you've had four school days off. 
plus a weekend in there. I was like, you can do two days. You can, you can handle it. You're going to be all right. <laughs> Mom and dad need this. <laughs> Mom and dad both work from home most of the time. So we're like, you're going to, you're going to need to go to school. You got to go. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the weather's been crazy and we certainly have had that weirdness for the last several years where we will get zero snow for most of the winter and then like two blizzards. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, there is uh, certainly some climate change affecting us, mm-hmm. you know, and then with El Nino this year, I know that always makes things wacky. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The earth is pissed and taking it out on all of us. Rightly so. Rightly <laughs> so. Know, right? Who else would you take it out on? It might as well be us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, so um, besides weather watching and weather chatting, um, I work in politics. And so the primary season has kicked off and that's yeah. been something to watch if you are a watcher of those things and just you know like it's an election year and not just the presidency there are so many offices school board races state government all these um these positions that are open so it'll be interesting to see the storylines that emerge the narratives and who can put together a vision of where this country needs to go because i think most like the polls that i've seen all say that you know every the only thing everyone agrees on is that things are going in the wrong direction and so <laughs> who can tell us about what is the right direction we don't know but it's not this it's not this it's but not hell in a handbasket so. <laughs> <laughs> non-stop drama and gerontocracy yeah yeah and you mentioned all the other elections and hey i'm no expert and correct me if i'm wrong but those elections also super important and people should probably vote in them you know, you could make the, I could make the argument that they might even be more important. Isn't that crazy? Yes. The decisions happening at your county level about whether your kids are going to go to school in a blizzard or if the roads are going to get salted or sanded. Or fixed ever. Right. Potholes are ever going to, right. What the insurance rates are going to be, right. The, the closer government is to us, the more effective our voice is in, in advocating, yeah. right. Like your yeah. state rep may have, you know, 3,000 constituents instead of the 300,000 that a a congressional member might have, right? Um, And I am a big advocate and believer in staying active and informed about what's happening on this local level because, I mean, we've seen what's happening at school boards. We know what it's meant in Michigan to have a big sort of sea change. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. these things are important and worth our time, maybe even more so than the old guy that sits in the Oval Office. Yeah, it's because gonna it's going to be an old guy that's going to sit in the Oval Office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's for for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> we deserve always better. unfortunate. Yeah. We, yes. the American people, deserve right. better. And right, the systems right. we have in place, things like right. first-past-the-post voting, primary systems that let the the most extreme of either party choose the candidate that will then represent them in the general. These are systems. These aren't even, these are independent of whatever person, Um, you know, and these systems can be changed as easier than these people. I am a full scale systems change kind of gal. Yes. No, um, you're, you're talking to the, talking to somebody who agrees with you big time. Uh, You know, I, I, um, I love, I, I don't, I mean, I know enough about it to, to know that I like it, but you know, things like ranked choice voting and stuff and, you know, not liking gerrymandering. Um, yeah. That's a big mm-hmm. thing we fought in Michigan and they're fighting in a lot of places. Um, Independent redistricting yeah. commission. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's crazy to me that that 
is something someone would fight against. <laughs> like, you know, I, I've always liked to live by the belief that everyone thinks they're the hero, right? Like everybody in their story, you know, it's not right there. I mean, well, no, I, I firmly believe even most bad people like think that what they're doing, there's a rationale for it, right? And it's wildly unjustified, of course, some of the things people do, but they think, right, that they're the hero. But you see, you know, people purposely redistricting to ensure that, you know, certain people's voices aren't heard, right? Or or certain candidates can get elected. And, um, and it's hard to feel like th those people know what they're doing, right? Like they... Obviously, I'm. Mean, that's not. A, that was a rhetorical question. Obviously, they know what they're doing, right? And they're very good at it. But it's just, it's so sad to to see so many people support that, right? Like, I'm not surprised that a small group of old white dudes are like, <laughs> "We just changed these districts. It's going to work." But the fact that people are like, "Yep, I support that," mm -hmm. um, because somehow winning became more important than than playing. Uh, fair and as game designers right we know how mm -hmm. crappy that is because mm -hmm. with without rules and structure um you you don't have a system right exactly you just have a farce and that is uh yeah yeah and and my game deals with some of these things so we should come back to we should yes, come back to yes. this well let's you know so i was saying but ahead of time normally we pitch at the end but we're going to talk a lot about your game uh mm -hmm. in in kind of what you're doing with it and the situations around it and so um, so I would love to have you give us a pitch about how Votes for Women works. Sure. Uh, so this is the pitch I always use. So I'm like, excuse me. My name is Tori Brown, and I'm the designer of Votes for Women. And it is an asymmetrical territorial control game. One to four players play solitaire, cooperatively or competitively. And it is about the 19th, the, the women's suffrage movement, the American women's suffrage movement, and the uh, ratification of the 19th Amendment. Players play on a map of the United States. And the idea is to build power in the states so that when Congress, if Congress passes the 19th Amendment, three quarters of states will ratify if you're playing suffrage. Or if you are playing opposition, you only need a quarter of states to stop the suffrage movement, to stop the 19th Amendment. So it's an asymmetric game. And so often, like we were just talking about, you know, it takes a small group of people to make something happen. It can also take a small group of people to stop something from happening. And right, that was, right. you know, the anti-suffrage movement. Um, the gameplay is about an hour, 15 minutes, maybe an hour and a half. Beautiful period artwork. It's a card driven game. And I did so much research so much research on not just the suffrage movements, the suffragists, the forces at play, the events that affected the sort of highs and lows of the movement, but also about the opposition and those quote unquote heroes of the opposition who really felt like they were doing the right thing and right, some of the forces right. that came into play in opposition. So you have suffrage side, you have opposition side, you are, um, you know, building power and influence across the states. There's some bidding. There are these awesome buttons. It's all like super historical, super fun and tense and back and forth, all leading up to the final ratification of the amendment where, like I said, suffrage needs 36 states and opposition only 13 to win. Mm -hmm. um, you're right. I've got the Kickstarter pulled up here. The art is is so period perfect. Like when you look, I mean, like, 
just the the cover or what I'm assuming is the cover, which is the big Kickstarter banner or like the cover. Um, it is just perfect. Like it just, you know, it, gosh, I love it. And, um, and I was scrolling down here and like, even the map, like of the board, like just evokes that time period. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I love that. I think the other thing that strikes me, that's not anything to do with gameplay. Well, I mean, you may have an incorporating gameplay is when we're in school, they talk about women's suffrage, like in the, you know, like the early 1900s, uh, to the 1920, right. But like, this is, this is 1848 to 1920, which is, is 32 years. I, I think that we don't talk enough about the fact that that was a long time. Um, a lot. <laughs> 70 years. So we start the game in uh, 1848, Seneca Falls, New York. Oh, There's I said, I said 32 okay. years. Yeah, fine. Oh my gosh. Because I was <laughs> somehow in my head, I read 1888 instead of 1848. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Almost 70 years. Wow. This is why women should vote because dudes can't even do simple math on their own podcast. This is why I like history is I don't usually have to make it very hard. <laughs> um, only one woman that was present there in 1848 lived to see the 19th Amendment ratified. And when I think about the work that I do, I work on a lot of different issues and causes. To the idea of never seeing the, not even seeing the fruit of your labor, but then being able to enjoy the rights that you fought so hard for, right? The women and men of the suffrage movement fought for a future they never saw, but they fought nonetheless and were dedicated to it in the long term because of what it meant symbolically, what it meant to issues they cared about. The mm-hmm. early abol- mm-hmm. the early suffragists were abolitionists. They didn't just care about voting. They cared about ending slavery. They yep. cared about a wide range of women's rights. And then the temperance movement came on board when, right, like, you know, this big effort across the mm-hmm. United States to, um, to end alcohol and alcohol abuse in this country, the labor movement and the work to end child labor in this country, they all saw suffrage as not an end into itself, but a means to an end because they knew how valuable the vote was towards all of the other things they cared about. And I think there's a lot of really important lessons for us. And, you know, these people will tell you every four years, well, you just have to vote, just vote, just vote. But the vote is just one piece of being active in our democracy. And you can never vote and still have the opportunity to show up to a school board meeting or talk to a state rep. There is no prerequisite of voting, but it is such an important piece of being a citizen and seeing mm-hmm. as equal mm-hmm. in the eyes of the law that it's, you know, something worth fighting for 72 years over. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh. Um, you know, talking about the, how the, you know, the people who started it didn't live to see the end. It, mm-hmm. it reminds me of the, the multi attributed proverb slash quote about planting trees that you'll never sit under the shade of. Yes. Right? Like, I mean, that is, uh, that's so, so important. Um, and it's something that I think is, has been firmly missed for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. remembering yeah. that like, you know, it can't always be about you today. You know, we're talking about climate change at the beginning, right? That's not about us today. I mean, it's about us more today mm-hmm. than we think about, but it's not, you know, I mean, <laughs> It's more about the future generations that will or will not happen, right? Yeah. Um, and the associated proverb I really like is uh, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best is today, right? It can nice. feel like things are just sort of spun off and like, what can we do now? Like, in 20 years, people will ask, 
what were they doing? What ha- what was happening 20 right, years ago? Right, and I want right. to be able to say I was working as hard as I could. I was focused and I right. was working for a better life for me, my family and my country. Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um So what a good name. Right, yeah, so the game, yeah, sorry, this is just like tangent frenzy because like all of, you know, it's just so, um, this is such an important topic, you know, and, um, and I'm, I'm so glad to see a game so seriously tackling it, you know, and trying to, you know, you mean, you've got it thematically justified, it sounds like, with the mechanics so that it makes sense, so that you're not just playing, you know, this representation of it, you're, you're really understanding you know, what, what it takes. And I love that. Um, and some of my favorite reviews have been from people who either don't share my politics or don't really consider themselves political at all, that mm-hmm. just like the game, right? Like, because right. I feel like, you know, you can make, I can make a preachy game. I can make a game mm-hmm. that has all these sort of like highfalutin ideas, but if it's not fun, if it's not engaging, no right. one's going to play it or they'll only play it as a, like, look at me. I'm, you know, making the statement, right? Like it was important right. to me that the game be fun. And I played 1960 making of a president um, and like had a lot of fun and mm-hmm. learned a lot and really drew a lot from Jason Matthews and his sort of card driven systems mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that there's a lot of tension that can build and that the way the decks are built right in, in, um, in votes for women, opposition starts super powerful. They are laying down a lot of like the first card is a, a, a blanket of power for patriarchy and for opposition. Right, right, right. Uh, and the suffrage movement has to make some like real tough decisions because there's just not a lot to build. But as you keep at it over those 72 years of history, mm-hmm. your cards get more powerful as your as the movement gets more powerful. And so tracking right, that right. in the weight of the cards and their effects and value became like an, a, a really interesting way to sort of shift tension and to sort of keep players, um, I don't know, just like never quite sure who's going to come out on top. It's right, like very right. rarely a sort of predetermined, like no one, it's hard to get really blown out, not impossible, um, in, in votes for women. In general, the best games are the ones that go through to final voting that are sort of nail biters because this history was a nail biter. Like it came right. down to just a few states and it mm-hmm. was very possible that the 19th amendment wasn't going to get ratified. It was never right. a sort of fait accompli as the Frenchies say, right? Like it was, it right. really came right. down to the wire. And so right. the game often comes down to the wire. Right. Yeah. I, I love that because obviously with a game like this, you know, having it be a blowout is not going to be, I mean, most <laughs> games when it's a blowout, it's not that exciting. Right. But um, yeah. I, so have you, I'm sure with all the testing and everything you've played as the opposition side and you've won as the opposition side. So I mostly play as opposition these days with my friends at conventions. No one else wants to. (laughs) And that's like a real thing. People not wanting to play opposition. Right, Right. I think you should. We were talking earlier about these people that like, are consider themselves the hero of their own stories Mm -hmm. it was important to me to sort of give respect to these people these often women who had right like did did not want to be given the right to vote um 
Right. But, how so dare you? How dare you? Save us from ourselves was one of these sort of like um, mantras oh from the, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so I often play as opposition and I, I, I often win as opposition. I'm the designer. It's not really fair. I know these decks right, inside right. and out. Um, but we are went, recently went live on rallythetroops.com. Hopefully mm-hmm. folks know about Rally of the Troops. Beautiful interface. Um, and they have win-loss statistics that they can drive derive from mm-hmm. their plays. And I think right now we're sitting at like 60% opposition wins to 40% suffrage. Um, in our playtesting early on, um, in, right before we released, we were more at like a 55 suffrage 45 mm-hmm. opposition. So there's some like movement in the data, um, mm-hmm. but it's still, it, it is. I, apparently the, the data is partially skewed on rally the troops because my publisher plays a lot as opposition. <laughs> it's, he's just smoking people. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, it's, I, and it's funny to see in reviews, ardent, re, like reviews that are like, Suffrage always wins. It's not fair because only suffrage wins. And at the same time, opposition always wins. It's not fair. And so it's like, it's not like, oh, well, both sides, so I must be right. But it's just funny how people react to, I've played two games and lost both of them. It must be the system. Right? Like, right. mm -hmm. I don't know. That's that's interesting that, you know, um, I I mean, I, I guess I can see someone making an argument like they skewed it so that, you know, the good you know, guys, the good guys win most of the time, but Gals. um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That is better. Yes. Um, but I like, I, I love that you, um, that you like, I mean, it's that it's so well balanced and that, you know, um, the idea of, of playing as the opposition to me, of course, at first I was like, Oh gosh, but, but I appreciate what you said about giving it the respect and understanding that like, well, we may not agree with these people's views at all, um, you know, giving the respect to historically point out, like, this is what happened. Like, these were the things people were saying, um, you know, to make it to make it feel legit. And yeah, um, yeah. there has always been opposition to social movements. Right. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther mm-hmm. King was not widely beloved for his work to integrate right. America. Right. Like that right. guy got right. shot. <laughs> Not right, because he right. was so right polling and all that. So I think, you know, when I started researching votes for women, I opened a spreadsheet. I had a tab that said uh, suffrage and I had a tab that said antis because that was how they were referred to at the time. Although opposition became the like language of the game, yeah, which just made yeah, more sense. Yeah. But I started with a sort of suffer, you know, one, two sides, two sided decks, right? Mm-hmm. Without even sort of knowing that that's how I was going to sort of put it together. Um, you know, it emerged from the research that opposition would get its own deck, would have its own quote unquote heroes. There are a few cards in the, um, in the opposition deck that sort of refer to blind spots or problems and conflicts within the suffrage movement, um, mm-hmm. as well as then, you know, senators who are voting down the measure, um, you know, as they come up for votes mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- natural disasters that in the civil war that disrupts organizing and, and right, campaigning right. work. Right. So the deck is sort of um, multifaceted and it mm-hmm. is, tries to, I think, squarely, put forward why people opposed women's suffrage and not just right. Like this group of old white guys, but women, often wealthy women who had a lot of social status they were trying right, to preserve. Right. Um, but 
even like Emma Goldman was an anarchist in the early 20th century who mm -hmm. thought that voting was a waste of time because revolution was what was necessary. Right. So right. she was opposed to suffrage because you know, from the left, right? Um, right, Ca right. Catherine Beecher was opposed because she thought it would just sort of like make women dirty because politics was dirty. Right. Like women had all of these heartfelt right. reasons to right. oppose suffrage. And then of course, like, beer brewers and the folks that were opposed to temperance and prohibition and the folks that owned factories that didn't want women organizing against child and slave wage labor. There are all of these right. sort of different economic and political and religious forces pushing against suffrage. It's like, we, we should know about that. I think it helps me think about popular opposition to social movements today, mm -hmm. that they're mm -hmm. not just mean jerks. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are people with deep-seated, heartfelt convictions. Right. And if we're going right. to convince any of them to join the other team, we can't just say, you're a jerk, join us. We have to say, right. I understand right. why right. you feel this way, but here's what I have to say. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, we still see that today, right? That, mm -hmm. you know, like, when your rhetoric is just, you know, damning to the other side, you don't you don't change hearts and minds that way, no, right? No. You know. Yeah. Um, so this this is probably a dumb question, but I'm going to ask it because so historic games like historical American history games or world history games have not like historically been the niche that I would play in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I've never designed something like that. Um, so I, I'm curious when you're dealing with a real event uh, in a lot of these, of course real events we're talking about in history of games are colonizing stuff. So mm -hmm. first of all, f great to see, not that, uh, <laughs> but, but when you're dealing with a historical event where there was a specific outcome, right? Yeah. Um, and your game is going to leave that outcome up for grabs, mm -hmm. you know, as to where it could actually go either way. I get that it's a game. I get that it's recreation, but like, are there special considerations that you, you put into that as a designer um, yep. to balance that. I, does that make yeah. sense? Well, I, th I think it's, I think balance is the perfect word. Balancing the, I don't, the fun and creativity and world of play that needs to happen in a game with like what people understand history to be. And mm -hmm. so in the design of Votes for Women, there are cards that are connected to each other. Right. Like mm -hmm. if I play the 15th Amendment, which granted citizenship to former slaves and men, mm -hmm. right, it particularly mm -hmm. let black men vote. Mm -hmm. um, that had all kinds of repercussions for how suffragists organized and how they saw the right to vote. And some of them are really mad that, it, that women weren't included. Like Elizabeth Cady Stanton was super mad. You're, you're going to let slaves vote before me, a white woman, right. like super like karen kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and so the, the 15th amendment card is an, a persistent effect card on mm -hmm. the game. So you lay it, on the, the game board. And then both suffrage and opposition have cards that say if 15th amendment is in effect. Right. Okay. And, yeah, right. Yeah. And so right, now the civil war card in our, in the game has as a persistent effect card. And there is a union victory card that put, you know, eliminates the persistent effect of the civil war card. Mm -hmm. um, but not everything is necessarily tied to civil war is in effect. The, the big one that comes up is reconstruction. 
Reconstruction is this period in American history, mm-hmm. post-Civil War, right, where, like, um, you know, a, a huge effort to provide civic engagement and um, education and literacy and all these things mm-hmm. in the South, right? Now, civil the Reconstruction card is not tied to either Civil War vict- Union victory or even Civil War. So I can play Reconstruction mm-hmm. and then you can play Civil War. And I think the thinking is, like, well... If Cong, if you know Congress had pushed a bunch of resources and um, you know efforts into the South mm-hmm. before the Civil War, could that have right. also precipitated? Right. right? So there right. is some kind of a historical right, like what mm-hmm. if thing that gets to happen. Right. right. Um, but in but we also have this right sort of if a then b. Right. If, right. A player makes this choice and plays this card, then other things can or can't happen. That mm-hmm. helps at least with the kind of cohesion of a basic set of facts of American history without right, just right. being like flipping a textbook, right? And then, and then, mm-hmm. and then, and then, and then. Because that's not, that's not fun. Right? Like, I don't, I don't want right, to play right. that. I just want to read history if I'm going to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you mentioned, you mentioned like a Civil War card and then a Union card ending it. Do you have a possibility that the south wins or no it's just it's either ongoing or eventually the union wins yes and uh so uh and the civil war persistent effect is just for that turn and so it gets discarded at the end as you sort of like go through the different phases of the game it will not civil war can't happen in perpetuity which is great that's probably (laughs) for the best yeah. yeah um and there is no like the south wins the civil war it could just like go on until the end of the, the turn. Right, right. Which is, which is, I wasn't advocating for that. I just was because <laughs> other parts can be, right? Like if you don't play the 15th Amendment card, then I assume that, you know, the slaves are not freed um, or not made citizens, sorry, not made citizens. Um, That's right. So, okay. I, I was just, I was just curious, like how far askew you let it go mm-hmm. to like that what if version of history. So, sure. Yeah. That's really interesting. My favorite of these cards is the Southern Strategy card. The Southern Strategy, as it's known in political science or popular culture, was the rightward shift of the Republican Party, right? Like in votes for women, in even sort of the early civil um, rights movement, Republicans were pro-civil rights. And Mm -hmm. people like Lee Atwater and Richard Nixon in the 1970s made a specific decision to go after, right, the Southern mm-hmm. Democrats who were pro-segregation yeah. and things like, right, like, so, right, so right, we establish right. what Southern strategy is, right? The right. Southern strategy card in suffrage and uh, votes for women is a, a card the suffrage side can decide to play. And mm-hmm. it gets a lot, it builds a lot of strength in the South, right? You're, you're, but it's essentially at the cost of Black women, right? And this was right. a real debate inside the suffrage movement. Um, you know, what about if we just said white women can vote in the 19th Amendment? Or, you know, like state by state, states could say, mm-hmm. right, like women can vote, but we'll leave our poll taxes and we'll leave our literacy tests that we know were de facto in Jim Crow laws, right? right? So right. the Southern strategy card is this like decision that the suffrage side needs to make. And you get instant boost, you get stuff from playing that card, but the opposition has like a million cards that like, if Southern strategy is in effect, wallop, wallop, wallop. Right. And right. there's this big trade-off and ultimately it's about an argument. I'm 
trying to make through gameplay about these kinds of compromises, these kinds of sacrifices, mm -hmm. and whether that is true victory or not, mm -hmm. whether we can jettison parts of ourselves and each other right. for right. expediency. And sometimes you can do that, but right. it's tough. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. The, uh, it's amazing too how many people do not understand in America the Southern strategy and what it did, and you know the the party flip, and um, yeah. Now we're yeah, all so. still dealing with it today. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> I will say just you know as we're sort of talking about the decks, this like being able to play opposition, people mm -hmm. have had very big feelings about, and even folks that regularly play as Nazis as Confederates have told mm -hmm. me they personally will not play opposition, that it is too close to home. It is too emotionally fraught. It is mm -hmm. too much of an affront to their moms, wives, and daughters to even play the game on this side. And at mm -hmm. first I was really offended by this of like, it's a game, play a game. You can play Nazis, but I have right, had to right. shift my thinking into a like, wow, like, my game has this emotional value mm -hmm. that, you know, a lot of these Confederate Nazi games are really abstract, right? Like you are not I think that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pushing, you know, you are doing supply drops and not playing a card called xenophobia, right? Like there's the real sort right. of closeness to votes for women. Right. So right. the game does include what we call the oppo bot, which allows folks to play solitaire or co cooperatively that you can sort of. Oh, okay split the right, suffrage right. hand and play and it's modified opposition deck where you are rolling to sort of identify region and state where the oppo bot builds power um as an an offering and a willingness to meet people where they are um right, on right. on playing opposition but it is it is interesting to see that just refusal that that inability to say i'm playing a game i'm gonna play opposition and some people get really right. into it they're twiddling right. their their um invisible mustaches and wah ah, ah women can't vote <laughs> right like some people really get into it and they're like are you right. are you really into it or are you really into it? yeah um, but you know it's just been an interesting right. response to the game and one i've been really fascinated by um just how personal people feel about and i wanted this game about 100 years ago 170 years ago or you know of history to right. feel present for people mhm mm mhm mm yeah no that all it all makes a lot of sense how how you've tied it all together and i think that's really exciting and um yeah, I, I I super want to play this game now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, in the box comes uh, twelve or thirteen historical documents, and it that it ranges from letter Abigail Adams wrote to her husband John Adams during the Continental Congress mm -hmm, to yeah. registration cards to um, flyers and letter. It just like all mm -hmm. of this stuff that does not get played um, in the game, but is interesting, and I hope sort of sucks people into the time period and gives folks right, some primary right. document perspectives, right? Like I, I love history and there's nothing right. cooler than seeing a telegram or like seeing a flyer or sample ballot. And so that's all included in the box and just like super fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. I think that's great. I mean, if you're going to have a game that deals with a topic like this, why would you not 
allow for education around there, right? Yeah. You know, you've got people interested in this. Like, let's let's educate them a bit and help them understand a little bit more about this. I mean, clearly there's a lot of things that, you know, uh, that many of us don't understand about this. Um, and being able to learn is, it's just a huge bonus to, you know, also playing a fun game, right? Yeah, exactly. And there's like a real sort of, um, sanitized version of the story of suffrage, right? White women like Susan B. Anthony and Alice Paul wanted to vote. And so they campaigned and then we got the vote, right? Like mm -hmm. it's the story they put together to like, right, tell the right. story. And that's what I learned in, in high school. Yeah, um, yeah. And it turns out there are a lot of really interesting people. There's a lot of black women, Hispanic, like Spanish speaking women, even like Asian women who weren't citizens who were campaigning for the vote. Um, you know, so there's all these like interesting characters. There are these different forces and divisions that emerge. It's mm -hmm. not just one movement. It's multiple movements that are sometimes at odds and sometimes in conflict. Right, right. Um, you know, there's so much to this story. I had to leave a lot out. I'd love to put another deck together just because I have so much research left. Right. Um, I hope that it's like, that it like sparks interest. It sparks interest maybe in the, the 1800s progressive movement, in the mm -hmm. temperance movement, in the anti-war movement that was leading up to World mm -hmm. War One. There's all of these other sort of associated efforts and like all of these great causes that people were like sort of uniting toward. And I hope right. people take interest and learn more. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Um, I love the idea that people could learn more about this uh, while enjoying it. And um, the game, like I said, is just gorgeous. You've got a lot of really cool bits and pieces here in the mm -hmm. picture from the Kickstarter that just look fun. And uh, I love the check marks and the X's, oh uh, which I assume is for yes and no for ratification. Exactly. Um, Final voting. There's custom yeah. custom meeples, all of the die. There's um, you know a bunch of dice just depending on you know what's happening in the game, and extra bits and pieces because I always like my the, underneath my couch is just like a graveyard of meeples. As <laughs> <laughs> you're always going to lose one, right? Um, these right. little columns that represent the congressional vote because everybody loves a congressional column. So um, the production, I am so grateful to Fort Circle, my publisher, for mm -hmm. giving this game its due. I think if folks have a sort of shallow impression of war games, it's that they maybe have like paper maps and plastic bits and right, are sort of right. rushed. This is not that kind of war game. <laughs> this is... Mm -hmm lovingly produced, lavishly published, and full of just like wonderful art and bits and pieces. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, so a Kickstarter, I was going to say, so <laughs> with the Kickstarter, which is doing, you know, your first, I, this is the second printing. The first one, uh, did almost $30,000, 510 backers. This one, uh, is already at 156,000. Um, yeah. and, and just a just a few more backers than you had before. Um, just a few. You're at seventeen hundred and forty nine, um, and uh, yeah, I feel like you. I feel like you know eighteen forty eight should definitely be a goal for this uh, to at least get oh. between there. You got to get between eighteen forty eight and nineteen twenty, right? It just feels like you, it, like it's a need there. So it's good to set goals, especially really like arbitrary but fun ones. Right. Right. <laughs> Thematic goals. Right. Um, so, so yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the, um, 
the very inappropriate um, advertisements you all tried to do. You want to tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So when people run Kickstarters, like the first thing you're told is, well, you have to run Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. That that's Mm -hmm. the way to reach. That's where people are. That's how you reach people. And for most of this Kickstarter, me and my my publisher had ignored that advice and sent emails and worked on social and that kind of a thing. But it Mm -hmm. came clear that like, all right, you know, a picture of the box and, you know, back this game about women's history and you know the american history um add pretty really basic stuff mm-hmm. the uh facebook algorithm ai robot i don't know um re- like let us run the ads for maybe like half an hour and then flagged the ads and took them down and said that they could not be run because they are on a sensitive social issue one that might affect the outcome of the election now Facebook is terrible for lots of reasons. And yep, they yep. tried to destroy democracy at various points. Um, right, right, however, right. And I want my game to be a, 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 a piece of art in service of social change that could, let's say, sway an election. But right, I'm right. not delusional. Right. Um, right, right. I, and so Facebook rejected the ads. We've tried multiple times. There's an appeal button, but the appeal is always rejected. So Kevin, my publisher, posted on uh, Twitter, I guess, like, oh, my gosh, like Facebook thinks we're social. Like, ha, ha, ha. And uh, Mike at <laughs> Board Game, Mike at Board Game Wire was like, this is really interesting. Can I write it up? So a lot of credit to BoardGameWire.com for covering the story, for publishing. Mm-hmm. And the story went viral in a like board game sense and so um there's been a ton of attention there's a big spike in in our traffic and in our um, backers from that um from that news story and super grateful to all these people that are like screw mark zuckerberg i'm back in this anyway and right Mm -hmm, like or mm -hmm. i'd never heard of this game before but it looks so fascinating i'm gonna back it so it you know in it's possible that uh, the news story is going to be much more effective than any of these Facebook ads would have been. It's impossible to know because you can't get these Facebook ads placed. So like, what is the loss? And I assume too, they because you were trying to, um, you only pay as you go with Facebook ads, right? So That's correct. Yes. And I'm sure Mike did not charge you to write about it. So no. <laughs> take that Mark Zuckerberg. Earned media for the win. Yes. Um, it's it's really interesting because I have seen some of the most garbage oh. ads for awful political games, right? Where literally, like, it's just a bunch of artwork uh, that is clearly our current candidates or, our, you know, our recent candidates yeah. um, drawn in very caricature style uh, that in some cases looks really, really not good uh-huh. um you know um and so yeah like and that all gets through there now i granted i haven't seen one in a while but i just kind of assumed it was because i just kept saying stop showing me these um repeatedly it's gonna give you more yeah. <laughs> or yeah. they stopped and like yeah i don't yeah. so i was like maybe they just finally stopped giving them to me um but yeah i uh i just yeah. It it really shows it really shows the danger though too of of um the AI reviews on these things, right? 
And and honestly, like my little game is going to be fine. There's all these wonderful people that have backed people like yourself that are sort of interested in the story and let me reach mm-hmm. new audiences. Like it's a board game, pretty low stakes, but not just like the dangers of letting AI decide what is acceptable content and what is not, but right, these companies right. that deploy this AI that then have such market, like that you have to run Facebook ads to have a successful Kickstarter that you have to pay right, Elon right. Musk any money to reach people on, tw- on Twitter. Oh, right. Dead name it. Right. Right. Like that. The, the no, that's constant- okay to do. Yeah. Yes. The <laughs> constant- One thing that is okay to dead name is Twitter. <laughs> the concentration of power and like gatekeeping of who gets a voice, right, right, who gets right. to broadcast is terrifying. Right. And these larger issues are, things that I care deeply about and why in this piece for boardgamewire.com, I directed folks to groups like Public Citizen and the economic, the American Economic Liberties Project, because mm-hmm. they're doing work at the system level to enact antitrust legislation, to pursue antitrust litigation, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. stop these mega corporations from trying to, to control who can be heard, who gets to say why crappy ads can run when my nice little board game ad cannot. Right. right. Well, then, I mean... I almost could see it more if it was like votes for men, right? Like that <laughs> seems like that seems like it's probably going to be some sort of awful um, you know, thing, like right? Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be some men's rights thing or something. Mm-hmm. But like votes for women was only a sensitive social issue from uh. 1848 to 1920. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, that's what I, but what I'm saying is like that's when it, you know, I guess if Facebook was alive in 1920 and you were trying to get the vote, uh, I get the idea that it's a sensitive issue. I mean, it's still, it's not, but there's an argument to be made. Right. But, but now like votes for women, just, I just don't. Makes me wonder about other, um, like this is about the 19th amendment, right? It is a part of our, it is constitutional. What other pieces of our constitution would Facebook deem sensitive is the first amendment. What about the second, right? Like what can we quarter soldiers in our houses? Right. Like what about the fourth amendment? Based on the ads that I get all the time as someone who has never owned a gun and only fired Mm -hmm. one like twice. um, I, I, it's definitely not that because I get so many ads about that. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say like you, you, they shouldn't be able to run second amendment. If someone oh, wants to be no. pro second amendment, they're going to be pro second. They're probably trying to sell right. you something, right? Like right, right. Um, always. I'm Usually trying to sell you. Like, but... Yes. Oh my gosh. The, the accessories that come with guns that I, some gun owners have more accessories than I have like scarves, right? Like it is yeah, accessories yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Um, but it's just like, you know, the, the 19 is the 19th amendment settled law of the land or right, is right. it a sensitive social issue? Right. Have we had several amendments since then? Um, <laughs> Not as many as I would, I'd like, right? Like it is yeah. really hard to yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and that's the design, the, the, the uh, right, James right. Madison designed our constitution. He right, created right. an asymmetric gameplay, right? Like I didn't make up this, right. like I stole it from the constitution from right. article five. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, what else isn't settled according to, our AI overlords. I mean, I, you know, I, I have a lot of strong opinions about the founding fathers and they're pretty much all negative. I mean, um, only because, you know, the quote I heard and I'm paraphrasing is, you know, I don't care what a bunch of like slave owning dead white guys said I should do with my life or our country. 
Um, and I understand that that is, that is there, there is some magic to some of the things they did uh, mm-hmm. when forming our country. But um, I, I also am like, this is the worst time for this. Cause I just came out of like this uh, super tough multicultural uh, class from my counseling mm-hmm. program that I'm in uh, where we really went back through American history um, and, uh, and, and for somebody who knew that they didn't teach me a lot in high school and then purposely went and sought it out and then found out that I still didn't know anything was like, Oh gosh. Like, like I was like, okay, they didn't tell me the bad stuff. Oh, the bad stuff is really bad. Oh, oh you have no idea how bad the bad stuff actually was. And, uh, yeah. um, and realizing that, you know, um, Somebody said, and I, I've heard this before, but somebody said to my teacher, well, the, the system is clearly broken. And he said, the system's oh, not broken at all. Okay. The system is doing exactly what it's designed to do. Like, that's the problem. Yes. Um, you know, and, you can't, you can't live within a system if, you know, in my opinion, it's a system that has to be broken and, and rebuilt, you know, uh, or yeah. I think the important piece about this for me is that if the system was built this way, it can be rebuilt better. It is not yeah. nature. It is not gravity and physics and all right, of that. Right, it right. has all been decided we can make better decisions, right? right like right. our elections didn't grow out of the ground. Right, Somebody decided right. that they would be this way. We can decide that ranked choice voting and multi-member districts and independent right. districts are better. And like, if, if it was built this way, we can rebuild it better. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let cynicism um, win. They want like that's part of the game. Is, it is like, for it is. cynicism to to win, yeah. and and that's that's tough, right? I mean, like <laughs> you know, um, we are at a time where it's very easy to be cynical, you know, oh, and um, in our class, appropriate response, right? Right in our class, the teacher was like, you know, he was like, should we be cynical or should we have hope? And and I landed on the side of. Um, and this is, you know, this, I'll tell you what he said, but I, I landed on the side with him, but he basically said, you know, I've taken, um, he's an, he's an older black man. And he said, I've taken a group of most of the kids in these, I say kids, God, I sound so old. Most of the people in this class are like, it's a master's program. They're in their twenties and I'm in my forties. Um, and like, he's like the fact that you all came into this class or most of you were like, I believe this. And then I showed you what's actually happening. And you said, I have to do something about this. He said, if I can do that, you can do that. He said, you can turn around and you can teach people and you can make sure people know the truth. He's like, and that's, that's what it takes. He's like, will it happen tomorrow? Of course not. He's like, but we'll get there. And there's every reason to be hopeful. I joke, if we can make it over the next 20 years, if we can survive for 20 years, I think we're going to be okay after that. I think I mostly mean, because all those old white people are going to be gone, but um, <laughs> demographics are not like, I, I do not believe the demographics are destiny. I think the work has to happen. I think it'll, of course, I, I agree. I do think that I, I think that we're getting better, right. Yes. Um, demographically uh, with the younger yeah. generation, but I mean, yes, there is still a lot of hatred and crap baked into the younger generation. Right. I get weird messages and reviews and people that are so mad a game about women's history exists and so mad a woman is being published and just how my publisher should stick to war games that this is like garbage like, I just right right yeah. like i get a bunch I, I i don't it's not a bunch let me let me like read like it is more than i'd like <laughs> and right. i get a lot more right like i think a lot more people play votes for women right as f you to those guys than there are those guys right like oh again, yeah 
like the Facebook ads, it's, um, I think I'm better off, right? Like having Facebook deny and me being able to talk about it. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Right, like more people care deeply about wargaming and history gaming and right, like all of these um, right, sort right. of pieces and wanting it to be better, wanting it to be different, wanting new yeah, voices, wanting yeah. new perspectives. And I hang on to that. Like I can, it's easier to ignore or to sort of like keep trucking. Yes. When I get yes. that one re like review bombs and all of that on Board Game Geek and all this stuff, right? Like it's easier right. to move forward when I know um, that I've been able to connect with people. That there are seventeen hundred and forty nine backers on my Kickstarter. When I see people playing the game, when like I was at PAX Unplugged and people would walk by and be like, "Oh, what's wrong?" And I like that game. Like, it's my game. You like it, right? Like it's just. It's, it's, <laughs> They didn't know that I was the designer. So like I, I've had way more of those right, experiences. Right. That's fantastic. That's nice. Um, so this, uh, this has been an amazing conversation and I, I really appreciate you taking the time um, to talk about this and to um, teach me a lot. Uh, and I appreciate that. Help me with some basic math in the beginning, really. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, and then really help, you know, educate me about this. And, uh, I appreciate your perspective on all of this. Um, and I, I'm super, thank you. And I'm super excited to try, try the game. And, uh, I'm sad I haven't tried it yet. Um, <laughs> but, uh, how do we know what we don't know? Right. 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 Until, right. Like, so it's really great. I think, um, so uh, before we go, I want to leave us with a with a thought. I, I've been I, I shared a quote by this guy named Howard Thurman recently. Uh, I'm going to share a shorter shorter one that it just struck me. Um, and this I'm going to paraphrase uh, because I don't want to look it up. But um, basically, <laughs> you were talking about how people are review bombing and sending you nasty messages and stuff uh, because you you dared to make a game about women's history, a balanced game that wasn't a caricature that didn't make the opposition sound like a bunch of bad people that really tried to present an accurate view of history and people, people review bombed you. And, and so what this reminds me of is, um, uh, Howard Thurman was a, was a black preacher, um, and spiritualist and just this amazing dude. And he was with his two daughters and they tried to go to this playground. This was in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said, you can't go on that playground. I'm sorry. And I said, why? And he said, well, when we get home, I'll tell you. So they got home. And of course it was a segregated school. They didn't understand that because they didn't live in a district that was segregated. Um, and he said, the reason you can't go on that playground. And this is where it correlates to what you're saying here, I think is that you are so powerful as a person mm -hmm. and as a designer or as a human that it takes all of these people, you know, legislatures, bad reviewers, a bunch of white dudes with the bad ideas, like all of these hateful things to try to stop you because that's how powerful you are. That that many people have to try and say that you can't make this game or you can't swing on this swing or you can't go to this place. Um, and that just, you know, um, I like to think about that when I hear these nasty people now, right. Saying these things is to remember that like, that is because they're afraid of you. They're afraid of, of your ideas. Um, and they're afraid of the truth. And that's, that's sad for them. Right. <laughs> it is. And it, it shows, I think the inherent power that we have, right. Yes. If we had no power, if we didn't matter, if we couldn't get anything done, 
they wouldn't have to do anything about it. They wouldn't they would have to, you, like, right? Exactly. They wouldn't have to, you know, pass all these laws to restrict right. voting and to, <clears throat> right, like control right. the, all these things, right? It, right? And they wouldn't, I think, employ a lot of these racist tactics if they weren't so scared yes. of what would yeah. happen if, like, class solidarity mattered more than racial division, right? Yeah. Like, they need to distract, they need to divide in order to hang on to power. But that is mm -hmm. our power. That yep. is ours. That is rightfully ours in a democracy. And we can or we have to organize, campaign, think about new yes. systems that give us back power that is rightfully ours, that they are hoarding like little trolls under a bridge. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Not that they're hoarding power, but that you're saying that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it always comes down to fear, right? It always comes down to fear and the othering of people mm. um, in when you're, when you're trying to fight against this kind of stuff. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I respect that you took those people who were fearing and othering people and you made it a balanced game. Like I, I still really like, I feel like in a war game, like I, I don't like that as much. Cause like, I don't want the South <laughs> to feel like somebody who I'm like, can, can, you know, like understand and work with. Um, but I love that you did it for this because it's such a good teaching tool. And I think that's just fantastic. So and I, that people never even thought that women advocated against, like, it was, they just think it was men that were opposed. And like, right, we talk right. a lot about like, oh, well, that person's going against their own self-interest. We need to be clear that people ha like have different self-interest and come right, to right. those, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's just, it's the history. It's the reality. Yep. It is a, it is political to pretend otherwise. Yep. I used to say that a lot. People vote against their own self-interest and somebody finally like you did just correct me and said, no, no, they don't. Their own self-interest is not their best interest, but that is what they're, that's what they want, even if it's not good for them. So they're not voting against their own self-interest. They're willing to do that to get what they want. Um, and that's, that's scary, honestly, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. more than anything. Oh, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> right? All these rich white ladies just going ham on don't let me vote. Like, oh my God. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. It doesn't matter what a bunch of right. old rich white ladies want. We, yeah. we get yeah. to decide what we want. Sit down, Karen. Go touch grass. <laughs> All good. Um, well, so hey, Tori. People want to back the Kickstarter. It is That's what I was about to say. Go for it. <laughs> um, nice little neat URL, www.votesforwomen.com. We'll take you right there. Um, oh, that's really awesome. appreciate people's, I know redirects are the best. Um, uh, really appreciate like every person that picks up the game or plays it with a friend or shares on social media. Like I really, like, I, I, I'm a, this is my first design. I, my publisher is a small publisher. Like we are shoestring in this together and mm -hmm. it all makes a difference um, to a little outfit like Fort Circle and a little game like Votes That's for Women. Awesome. So I really appreciate it votesforwomen.com awesome um anywhere you want people to find you other than the kickstarter uh i am on blue sky i try to be there most of the time these days given the stuff um yes. at, uh downtown t brown dot i don't know a bunch of other letters um these good and um i am on uh twitter sometimes at uh tori lynn t-o-r-y-l-y-n-n okay. i'm on um Board Game Geek, I recently posted a board a designer diary. It was on the front page of mm -hmm. Board Game Geek. It's part of why I got review bombed, I'm sure. Like, how dare I? Um, but so you right. can find me on uh, Find the Game and me on Board Game Geek as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tori. Um, listeners, I really hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I'm sure you did because it was great. 
So um, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to buildinggamepodcast.com. Also, you can, of course, email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. But the best thing you can do is uh, go to our Discord. Uh, you can find that through buildinggamepodcast.com. There's a link there. We have an amazing community of awesome people who bring things to my attention, like Tori and her game. And so, um, uh, and of course, by all means, keep coming back every single week. But until next time, good night. Good night. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.